Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Fred Katz reports that the New York Knicks attempted to trade for Zach Levine this offseason, but the Bulls' asking price was giant. We're going to talk about what that could mean for the Chicago Bulls and how they view the future around Zach Levine. We're also going to look at an interesting way that the Bulls could benefit if the Lakers do sign Christian Wood and some potential targets that the Bulls could go after with their veteran exceptions. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. What's going on, Bulls fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. I'm the host here, Hayes. You guys can follow me right off the top at CEO Hayes. But more importantly than me, you can follow the channel at Bulls Central Pod on every social media platform we're on. But with that said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today. So first up, Fred Katz recently reported via The Athletic that the New York Knicks had shown interest in trading for Zach Levine, but the Chicago Bulls' asking price was quote-unquote giant. Now, this isn't too off of what we heard last season. We even heard last year during the trade deadline that the Knicks attempted to trade for Zach Levine and offering about three first-round picks that the Chicago Bulls end up still turning down. Now, what this means, kind of backing up what I said yesterday, is that the Bulls are not going full rebuild anytime soon. The Bulls are going to value their assets very highly. And I think when you look at the number of assets that the Bulls themselves gave up to kind of build this version of the team, that they rightfully so are going to have high asking prices for some of their best players. That includes Alice Caruso. That includes Zach Levine. Uh, you know, players like DeMar DeRozan, we'll see what that ends up meaning. Like, if we hear any rumors or if they even look to trade him or extend him, deciding on what happens there with him. But the Bulls have a high asking price for Zach Levine, and that's not going to change. And because of that high asking price, they're going to continually try to build and, and see what they can do with this team on the fly. I've said this. I don't think – I think it's two more years after this season. So that's three more years counting this upcoming season before the Chicago Bulls look to maybe move Zach Levine and take a, a real hard look at, instead of listening to calls, going out and actively trying to make calls. At that point in time, you'll be talking about a, a Zach Levine that's 30, 30 years old um, on the tail end of that contract, I think he'll have about two years left on that contract, maybe just one, and, the, and an astronomical contract at that. So, you know, for those that are hoping that the Bulls are going to go full rebuild, that the Bulls are going to decide to blow it all up, me and Pat even had a conversation over on Locked on Bulls um, on today's episode about, you know, what it would take for the Bulls to go full rebuild. And, you know, he thinks that it's more that, that he's leaning more towards maybe if this season is, is a lack of success. I look at it and say this, the Bulls are set up to where they can make another bite at free agency next year. With DeMar DeRozan's contract is coming off the books. They can still file for that career-ending injury exception for Lonzo Ball uh, next season, uh, especially if it doesn't look like he's going to play yet again. At that point in time, that could free up potentially, uh, you know, considerable cap space for the Chicago Bulls. And I always said that one of the reasons this season the Chicago Bulls did not try to use the career-ending injury exception and, and instead of that went with the disabled player exception is because had Lonzo Ball's $20 million been removed from the salary cap, um, it's we still would have been over the salary cap, so it still would have given us just the mid-level exception to use. 
With the disabled player exception, it gave us more so a $10.2 million exception to use to acquire a player. It wouldn't have given us us, us that with uh, the career-ending injury exception. Yes, it would have given us more room underneath that luxury tax to where the Bulls could have did some things, but it would have left primarily a lot of things the same. But So next year, you're looking at the Bulls having potentially, you know, DeMar DeRozan's contract come off the books, having Lonzo Ball's career-ending injury exception if they decide to use it. And that may be another time where the Bulls decide to really try to re-gear up this team, retool this team around Zach Levine and maybe a Patrick Williams, maybe a Julian Phillips, maybe a Kobe White, maybe one of those players as well takes a considerable leap to where it kind of helps some things out. So, you know, the asking price of Zach, it really doesn't, it doesn't surprise me at all, not even a little bit. Um, and I just don't think that, not that I don't, I do think the Knicks would be willing to give up quite a bit for, for Zach Levine. It seems like they don't like a lot of their players down there. I just don't think that they're ready to give up the future assets on top of everything else that the Chicago Bulls are likely asking for in a Zach Levine trade scenario. But hey, you guys can let me know what you think down below. Do you think the Bulls are asking too much for Zach Levine or do you think they're right in, in setting a high asking price for a player that they that's on a lock, that's locked into a contract, not a a, a team-friendly contract by any stretch of the imagination, but he is locked up on a contract for the next handful of years, and you want to get the most value back you can considering those things. So let me know what you guys think on that down below. Now, I've been telling you guys and going over a lot of what the Bulls could do with their remaining salary cap space in free agency, and while, yes, they do have a disabled player exception, they still have about $6.5 million left of their mid-level exception as well that they can use. They're also hard cap, things like that, so there are going to be players at the vet, on, on the veteran minimum here in Chicago, period. If the Bulls do decide to use the disabled player exception before the start of the season, which I still think as we go through, it's more likely that they're going to wait till the trade deadline to use that. But if they do decide to use that uh, and IO walks away, things like that, they have about two spots that they are going to have to fill with the veteran minimum. And I, and I think these handful of players are probably the most likely scenarios with one kind of the outside chance of it. But first, I'm going to bring up the two that were on the scene. And one of those two spots, I think, is still going to go to Javante Green or Derrick Jones Jr. I think they, you know, when you look at Derrick Jones Jr. opting out of his contract, Javante Green's contract ended. Yes, his season ended as well with some injury concerns. I do think that the Bulls could look to bring back some continuity again. I know that's a buzzword. Some continuity with players that they're familiar with. Now, they're going to come back to drastically change roles. I don't think Javante or Derrick Jones Jr. are going to return back to the roles that they had last season when you look at some of the moves that the Bulls have made. But I do think that there is a chance that we see one of them on the back end of the Bulls bench, especially considering Javante. He's injured, like right? And I think those injury concerns has definitely hurt him in free agency. But I think as well, those players may be waiting to see what happens with the Dame Lillard trade. I do think if Dame goes to the Miami Heat, that Derrick Jones Jr., or um, did I say Derek? If Dame Lillard goes to the Miami Heat, that either DJJ or Javante Green could very well look to maybe join that team, be a bench player on a team that isn't that doesn't shy away from you know players that don't come in with the with the biggest names to kind of fill out that bench and fill big roles for them. But I do think it's highly likely that one of those guys comes back on a vet minimum contract for the Chicago Bulls. Next up, I look at you know shooting. I think Austin Rivers could be one. This one was actually suggested by Bleacher Report, I, and, I, and I agree with it. I think that you look at what Austin Rivers is, what he brings, the fact that, again, on the back end of the bench, especially if Io does end up walking away, they could look to replace a vet minimum contract with Io DeSumo. Javon Freeman Liberty is also a candidate, I think, in that case as well, especially if Io does walk. They could look to bring in a guy who is young, has some upside, uh, can avoid then a two-way contract. 
and could be somebody that the Bulls do look as well to see what they can get out of. So, again, I like I like uh, those players in kind of in that area. Other players that I believe the Bulls can look at as well. And one, this is yeah, it's two. Uh, Jermichael Green, who we talked about before, I do think that he could be a candidate. Another player that could play a big role, and well, play play a big, not necessarily a big role, but but be a big for this team that could play some power forward, play some center. That also has the ability to stretch the floor some. I think Jermichael Green could be absolutely one for the Chicago Bulls in that area as well. And then lastly, I'm looking at Moses Brown. I think that when you look at Moses Brown, that's the one that's outside the box, right? Moses Brown is still a player that still has tons of youth, still has um, a tremendous upside away in a lot of ways as well, hasn't really fallen on a team that's given him a consistent role. But if the Bulls are looking for some bench depth and size at that bench depth position, they could do a lot worse than Moses Brown. Again, and he could be a player that also had yeah, development aside, right? They could maybe look to, to groom into a larger role for the team as team as time goes on as well. So that's kind of my list of vet minimum players that I think the Chicago Bulls are going to look at. Again, I could be wrong in that. We could see a bunch of those guys sign here in the next couple of days, not by the Bulls, but by other teams. But hey, let me know what you think. There's going to be at least one player, probably two more than likely, on vet minimum deals for the Chicago Bulls. Who are some players that you think will accept that veteran minimum that the Bulls can go after? I left a player like Christian Wood off because I just, I don't know if Christian Wood accepts the veteran minimum. I, I don't know. I, I could be completely wrong in that, especially as free agency goes further along, we can absolutely see that happen. But with that said, and mentioning Christian Wood, experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. We talked about the rumor yesterday. I dropped a, a, a midday episode on Christian Wood and the Bulls being rumored as a team that could keep him from going to the Los Angeles Lakers. But I want to talk about why the Bulls could benefit if they do, if the Lakers do end up signing Christian Wood. And that is because of Jared Vanderbilt. When you look at Jared Vanderbilt, yes, he is not an offensive player like a Christian Wood. But when you look at what he can bring, a little bit on the offensive side, but also defensively, the youth, the upside. And when you look at the Los Angeles Lakers and the fact that they just locked in uh, Rui Hachimura on a long-term deal, they could very well be looking to start him instead of bringing him off the bench. There's some questions if it's going to be him or, or Jared Vanderbilt come, uh, starting in that lineup for the Los Angeles Lakers. But if they bring in Christian Wood, they could like they have to make space for him, not necessarily roster space, but space in the rotation. And the Bulls could slide in and look to absorb Jared Vanderbilt in their disabled player exception 
in a case that, that he does sign, that Christian Wood signs with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think when you look at the fact that he can guard three to four positions at the NBA level, especially switching on guards at times, uh, the fact that, uh, that he can do, uh, uh, he can stretch the floor a little bit. You don't want to rely on him heavily to shoot a bunch of threes, but he's not going to be reluctant to shoot the open three, but defensively as well, right? If the Bulls are going to go heavy defense, especially coming off their bench, you look at Jared Vanderbilt being a player that can then, with that defensive unit, with Alex Caruso, with, uh, you know, Kobe White, who's, yeah, more offense than defense, but shown flashes defensively as well and growth defensively, I like the potential of bringing Jared Vanderbilt on. Jared Vanderbilt also could be a starter and end up blossoming into a starter for you as well if DeMar DeRozan does leave, things like that. I like Jared Vanderbilt. I like the fact that he also has some of that dog mentality in him that we drastically need on the Chicago Bulls team. And I do think that, you know, the, the Lakers then also could, uh, could create a trade player exception that they then could use at the trade deadline if they feel that, that they need a little bit of extra something before going into the playoffs. So I like the, the potential overall, and that's something that, you know, I kind of overlooked in my Christian Wood video is that if the Lakers do sign Christian Wood, the Bulls could be in a prime position to slide in and try to sign or try to trade Jared Vanderbilt. Now, the biggest question is, is like, would the Bulls then want to use that disabled player exception that early, right? Would they more so want to wait to see who's going to come available at the trade deadline? Or would they look at it and say, hey, no, Jared Vanderbilt is the exact type of player we would want at the trade deadline anyway. We can add him to what we already have going on, improve the team, um, and have a player that still fits kind of that youth timeline. And he's not on a bad contract. It is an expiring contract. He's in the last year of that deal. So you would have to look to extend him at the end of the season. But hey, that's guys kind of my thoughts on it. If you, for example, if the Bulls were to let Io DeSumo walk and replace him with a player like Jared Vanderbilt with that disabled player exception, you're getting a player that's not too far off in age, that still has defense, tons of defensive upside, that can still guard multiple positions, and can kind of fit in and slide in with your roster. So I like Jared Vanderbilt. I like the prospect of it as well. The biggest question that you look at with Jared Vanderbilt is like, then that almost eliminates Julian Phillips from probably having a role this season for the Chicago Bulls, maybe even Dale and Terry, depending on how Billy Donovan will use Jared Vanderbilt. Uh, with Billy, yeah, he may use Jared Vanderbilt as a backup center. You just never know. But you're getting basically a player that has that upside, has that youth, and I think still can come in and carve out a role for himself. He's not going to allow himself to be he's – not, he's not, like, not going to just take sitting, not getting a role on the team. He's going to come in trying to get that role, trying to earn it, at being 24 years old, still has tons left to play in his NBA career. I like the prospect of Jared Vanderbilt. Let me know what you guys think on that down below as well. All right, we got one voicemail that we want to play from today. This one is from everybody's favorite uncle, Ricky Carroll. Mr. Hayes, this is Ricky Carroll. I've been watching you guys for a couple of months. I am saying things. It seems like everybody got their mind made up for what they think that's for the Bulls. I just have a few questions. What is it that makes you guys think that the Bulls got a bad team? What is it that makes you guys think that they lost a lot of games by what? At the end of the season, they lost at least six, okay? I, I believe altogether about 16 or 17, they lost that many games. What is it that you don't think, and I don't mean you personally, I mean in general, that if the Bulls would have had a better coach, they would have at least won 11 of these games, let's say, that really lost out of the 16. He lost four games at the end of the season, one minute, one second, point five, and then the guy hit a half-court shot on him. Yeah. <laughs> he lost the other game. There was nothing on the clock range. I think they had, what, a 10, 12 or lead? I'm not for sure. I don't remember that much. But anyway, if they 
It's all on Billy. I told you that from the first minute. It's all on Billy. If Billy comes through, Chicago Bulls will have a very good chance. And AKNL, I ain't never had that much belief in them. But what they did this year, they got a first-round draft pick. Okay? I mean, well, the kid, I think he's a first-round draft pick. The one they got from uh, Connecticut. And this new kid they got. So I think he's going to be a decent one, too. I haven't seen that much of him. The boy from Connecticut... I think he's going to be very good. And if they bring the kid over from uh, Turkey, is that what it is? I don't know. I'm a question mark on that one. But my question mark is, what do you even call him? But let me know what you guys think about it. Oh, one other thing. If the Bulls lose Iowa, they're going to be very sad, especially about in two years. Because he's going to develop wherever he goes, and then he's going to be a good one. His defense, he started, guys. He started for you. So what? He had a bad season last year. And I'm going to tell you something else. I think Iowa lost confidence, okay? He lost his confidence, then he lost his game. All right. Thanks for listening. All right, Ricky Carroll brings a couple of things. First off, could the Bulls have won more had they had a better coach? I agree with that. I think that. I think if you have a coach, especially that makes better defensive adjustments, that kind of utilizes players better in the things that they do well, I do think the Bulls get more wins in that scenario. I absolutely do. And I, the only thing I disagree with you on, I'm not putting it all on Billy. It's not all on Billy. A lot of it is, though. And I do think with better coaching overall, I think we would be in a better place of development. I think we'd be a better uh, place of utilizing player skill sets. I think we'd be in a better place of understanding what we have more so in these younger players as well, instead of still a lot of young players still being huge question marks for the team. I agree with that. As far as your how you view Julian Phillips, I agree with you, bro. And I don't know if it was... The summer league, I, like Julian Phillips was not a first round talent. He was second round, but I get what you're saying. I, th- I think you're, if I'm understanding correctly, you're saying that the Bulls could have gotten maybe a first round level talent out of Julian Phillips. And I think that that may be the case. If that shooting is legit, the shooting and defense is legit with how he can play in transition, with how he can offensively rebound, especially I'm liking Julian Phillips a lot more than what I initially even did on draft night. And I like to pick on draft night. So I do think that that could be big for the Chicago Bulls. I agree with you. I think Julian Phillips is could be potentially one of those players that we look back at and say, we got a hell of a deal, a hell of a steal in Julian Phillips in the second round. But it's up to the Bulls to continually develop him. It's up to that. Now, as far as Io DeSumo, will the Bulls regret trading away? I'm letting Io DeSumo go if he does go. I think yes. I do think that losing confidence definitely plays a part in it, and we've seen that with players like Laurie. He's talked about how important his confidence, what regaining that confidence was to the season that he had last year. If you let Io DeSumo go to a, t- a team that can develop him, doesn't necessarily need him to score a lot either. He can focus on his defense, getting out in transition, things like that, and has the development plan. I do think that we can look back at Io DeSumo absolutely and say, hey, this is another player. Had we had better player development and built up his confidence, God, we'd be in a, such a better place. That's my thought. I know a lot of Bulls fans have turned on Io DeSumo as well. It's unfortunate. It kind of comes with the territory, though. But, hey, we'll see. Hopefully the Bulls do retain Io DeSumo. But that's it. That's my time for today, guys. Make sure you're following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns. BullsCentralPod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related because of you guys. And like I liked in every episode on. Go Bulls. Love you guys. See red if you can, y'all. Peace. This has been a presentation of The Break Break Media. Media.